Hey everybody, welcome back to the Vine Rant. Today we have Dave, Hugo, and myself, and I have no clue what we're going to talk about. What are we going to talk about? Dave, you're in a good mood today. You know what we're going to talk about? <laughs> what do you want to talk about, You Dave? know what we're going to talk about? Because it just happened? We're going to talk about rates. You you literally want to talk about rates? You know, that that can be a very, you know... I think we, we need to talk about rates. <laughs> okay, but... We might disagree with one another. You it's know okay. That. That's why we All do right. the rant. Right. It's a rant. It's not real. So, Dave, yeah. what, what about rates? What's there to say about rates, man? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the new norm, right? Rates, the, the days of the, the mortgage below 3% are gone. Everybody knows it. I think some clients are foolishly thinking it's still going to exist. Yeah. Um, the reality is the bank can't even talk about it, right? This next year coming up is the first year of a whole generation of first-time buyers who are going to renew north of 3%. They've never been exposed to interest rates yeah. south, uh, north of 3%. For the last eight or nine years, we've yeah. been in a world where it's 2%. Well, not eight or nine years, but the last five years. Or less. Yeah. So, okay, so you're one of those people coming to renewal. Do you go fixed or do you go variable? Well, it depends. It depends a lot on what's happening the time <laughs> of, right? And what your intentions are. Well, right, but, you know, all things being equal, I want to stay there for the next five years. Okay. Look, if you're going to go by history and say that I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow the trends and historically, I could tell you right now, history, since like 1940 or some odd, that's as far as I've gone back, um, the variable outperforms a five-year fix consistently. In terms, except, of, in terms of cost. In terms of cost. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, if, even during an interest rate environment of rates rising, because it's like a dollar cost averaging. Yeah. Right? Um, now, with that in mind... There are a couple of times where the five-year outperformed for that five-year window, the variable, but that's when the five-year and the variable intersected and they were literally the same rate. You so, know? so other than that, history repeats itself. In theory, the variable will be the better way to go. But people are seem to be in the perception that Rates are going to go up so much that the variable will not be cost effective. So, but 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 see, it becomes a risk tolerance. But, but here's here's my here's my you know beef if you want to call it that with people mm. that prefer going to fix or variable. What if you're vegan? <laughs> here's my tofu. Here's my tofu. Um, if you have just to make math simple, you have three nine nine as a fixed, mm-hmm. okay, and then you have prime minus seventy on a variable. Prime mm-hmm. being three point seven, you're at three percent. Mm-hmm. If you can afford 3.99, mm-hmm. well, if your 3% goes to 3.25, mm-hmm. you're still better off. If your 3.25 goes to 3.5, you're still better off. If your 3.5 goes to again and again and again, by the time you get to that point, back to your point, you've already saved a, a whole bunch of interest. And, but, you can, uh, and you can afford those shocks and payments the, because you were willing to pay 3.99. But that's, yeah. that's more of a – that's not always the case where the spread is that large. Correct. Sometimes the spread is only 10 points and it's obvious. It's like, well, no. you know what, just take your 100%. fix because one increase you're already over. Okay, but 100%. But what you is can that count, You can count on one hand how many times that's happened in the last five, seven years. What? what? The spread's been less than, than 50 basis points. Well, we had it earlier this it's year. Rarely, it's yeah, I know rare. that was one time. There was a few times, yeah. You know, this is very rare that, well, that here, happens. Here's my opinion, like, and this is you know part of our, our internal philosophy. You you can't have a conversation on the predicting where rates are going to go because you're never going to win that argument or, or that discussion. I have none of us actually know where rates are going to be in five years. We can put an educated guess where they're going to be in twelve months, 
and maybe put together a plan for someone. But I think the best way to do it is asking the client, what are your goals? It always comes down to the goals. What are your goals, Chris? You're a first-time home buyer. You're a young professional. Maybe you're going to get married. You'll probably have kids maybe in the next five years. Do you want to know that your rates are locked in and you're protected? Like, is the most important thing to you is knowing that your payments will not fluctuate? And if the answer is yes, your only option is fixed. No, but I don't even That's a risk tolerance yeah, question. Exactly. That goes back. Even, it's not sure. about interest rates, right? It's about risk, right? Well, so, you're trying to decide between fixed or variable. Okay, the conversation should be what's but important is it, to you. But, 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 okay, but wait, wait a second. Wait, wait, if you have a conversation about you know the spread between the fixed and the variable, in that particular example, I don't care if you're a first-time buyer or you're buying your 10th property. Yeah. The math is the math. If you have a spread of 1%, Okay, but here's I mean, a good example. In the last no, year, rates have gone up one percent. So that you know, you're right. I probably would have saved a lot of money in one year. But anyone who who got a mortgage last year variable is now one percent higher. And for the next four years, yeah, they'll probably be have been better off had, had they taken the fixed in in the last twelve months in that particular time cycle. Yeah, but, but we're talking about <clears throat> what's what's okay. That's again that window over there where the variable and the fixed were very close to each other. Yeah. Right. So that was that was an anomaly too. That it's going. Not necessarily going to move forward. But at the, the same thing, back to Chris's argument, right? Like we're going to see the five-year sitting at four percent moving forward, pretty consistently, or, or very close to it. Yeah. Um, but if your interest rate is four percent or three ninety-nine, and prime is uh, three seventy, and your prime less seventy, so you're at three percent. Mm. If you were to just take your prepayment privilege and accelerate your yeah, payment, yeah, hundred percent, and make good. that payment like if it was four percent, yeah, you'll be better off. You not only are you going to be better off, you're hedging yourself against the rate increases. Rates would have to go up something like 200 basis points before you break 2%. even on that. It's yeah. not. It's not just yeah. that. And, but psychologically, and the of that is low. But psychologically, you're also preparing yourself too. Like when, if every year you increase your mortgage payment by 15 percent, 10 percent, or 20 percent, when that five year mark comes, that's a good. You point. know, you're already psychologically. Prepared to to For have sure. the higher the higher payment, right? Because two thousand eight is what fifty percent of mortgage renewals are happening this year. So fifty percent of these mortgages were probably at rates that are probably sitting somewhere in the two percent range. Oh, I've easily. seen a couple two and a half yeah. rates already. So they're going to renew at the mid or high three percent range, depending no, on what, what they're five taking. years from now. No, right now, no. today. Like people who oh, took mortgage people five years renewing ago, today are yeah. thinking like, yeah. oh, what do you mean the rate's 3.7 so, or whatever? So we all, we, all, we all know that there's a different bucket for each type of transaction, a straight mm-hmm. switch versus a refinance. Let's say you're at the cusp. We know that we get better rates for switches. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a given. Let, you know, not so good for refinances. We should probably say but, we're but switches. Switches we, is but, essentially but taking... But do we want to have the conversation and maybe extend to 30 years to make them more comfortable? Well, that becomes, again, I an mean, individual... And then, and then make prepayments to effectively lower your amortization? No, well, that becomes a question about, about the individual's capacity, right? You know, is, if you're up for renewal and you're feeling like the payments are... You're a little threatened by the payment because your payment's going up now. Because statistically, if you're under 3%, now you're over 3%, your payment will be higher on renewal. Um, yeah, going back and, and re-amortizing your equity may be a solution if, if you're not high ratio. Yeah. Um, or if you can go from higher to conventional now, just to hedge yourself. Uh, but I do think that, um, you know, in a, in somebody like that, I would say you definitely want to lock in and just set your payment so you don't have to be stressed out about it because uh, there are thin margins, right? So, so we've always, at least I've always been opposed to a seven-year, 10-year mortgages. I, to me, it's just you're paying too much it's, for no reason. I could tell you, it's never worked out mathematically ever. Correct. But, I'll challenge but, anybody but, to show but, me. And I agree with you. And I agree with you. But let's have a conversation. How about... 
how about now where we know rates are going to continue going up? Again, mathematically, it's never worked out. Why would I support it now? 19, no. 1981, when rates went from 10%, roughly a little over 10 to 21 and a half in six months, you know, then the market cycled back to 10 and a half. So everybody who went in that panic and locked in lost out. You know, 10 years ago when everybody was talking about and all the media was pushing seven 10-year terms and everybody was locking in on 5% interest rates for, for, for 10-year terms, yep. you know, they all lost out. It's mathematically never makes sense because you're paying such a huge premium sure. to hide yourself. You're paying I've insurance. always told clients, you know, the only person who makes money on you taking a 7- and 10-year term, for the last, I don't care how far back you want to go on interest rates, but for the last like 50 years, I guess 60, 70 years, uh, is either the broker or the, and the bank. Yeah. We're the only ones who make money on that deal. Sure. We get paid a, we get paid twice as much sure. to sell a seven or 10 year term. 100%. You know, the bank pays us. There's no cost to the client in theory, but the reality is, is why is the bank paying us so much? Because they know that they've locked in this client at a nice fat margin. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I would never recommend a client to take a seven year or 10 year term. I think it's ridiculous, and any broker who promotes that Here, is just lining their pockets. Here's a fun fact. Um, I know it's a little out of topic, but kind of related. Um, I'm not sure you, you guys are probably aware of it, but maybe our audience is not. When you have a term that's seven years, any term greater than five years, after your five years, your penalty is three months interest only, mm-hmm. regardless yeah. if you have five years left, yeah. because you've already been five years. A lot of people don't know that. So a lot of people don't go and get a second opinion thinking, oh, I still have four years of I'm my 10 years, or yeah. I'm locked in. You know, if you do have a seven or 10 year mortgage and you already passed that five year mark, you know, you do not have to wait three or four years. I just want to throw that out there because a lot of people may not know that. That's a good point. I think you should be having a second opinion at least on an annual basis. Some clients have said to me, oh, my mortgage is up for renewal in two years. Like, I don't, we're okay. And I said, I point out what we can do and how we can move some things around and we implement that solution. They're like, oh, I didn't realize I could have done that earlier. Right. I think just do an annual review. Treat it like it's a medical. You know, you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on interest and it significantly impacts your cash flow because for most people, it's about a third, per, a third of your income. So how can we manage that? Can we improve that? Can we make some savings? Uh, have a conversation, do an annual check-in, and sometimes there's an opportunity to make those changes to uh, to help improve. What about what about shorter terms, like to kind of mitigate year, cycl- year, cyclical? You know, like we all know that at the end of the year, you know, banks get a little more aggressive. It's the last quarter. Let's try to get volume up as much as possible. You know, yeah. do we wanna? You know, if you're buying in December or January, do you wanna maybe go into a one-year term? And then kind of... December, January is the first quarter for the banks. Right, right, that's what I'm saying. So if you're buying during the first quarter of the banks where the rates are really not that competitive, do you just get a one-year term and, you know, come August, September, October, you start searching for a new lender when they are more competitive? So let's explain to the audience that the bank fiscal year ends November 1st. Right. Or I guess the new fiscal starts November 1st, sorry. October 31st. (laughs) So uh, the first quarter is effective November 1st and the last quarter we're in right now. Um, Yeah, with regards to that... Low inter- shorter terms historically are, I think, are another way to kind of play the short term rate, which is like playing the variable. Right. Right. So, um, and I've done that before with clients where we'll take a two or three year term. Yeah. When we feel that uh, there's an immediate high probability of a rate increase, and when right. your rates are pretty much the same as the variable, why not lock in that low variable rate? Uh, but the feeling is for the customer is that, hey, you know what? I still want to have that low interest rate. I, I don't necessarily believe, nor do I desire to uh, have to deal with a five-year term because they don't want to be locked in or because they feel that rates are not going to go that far up, right? Mm-hmm. So we've seen that a lot of those clients. And look, we have clients right now that are going to be in, 
in rates well under 3% for the next two or three years and uh, yeah. because they took on uh, two and three year terms when it was favorable. So time will tell, but it is a good way to play, to hedge yourself uh, with the variable. And there are some times where the, the, the two year term is cheaper than the variable. Yeah, 100%. So, so, uh, so Hugo, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, you know, because I know the audience is thinking about this. How about, you know, let's let's hedge. Let's go half variable, half fixed. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> See how I know you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so w w what are your thoughts on that? That's a typical banker. It's a perfect here. answer. I mean, it's like, hey, should I go fixed or variable? We have the conversation around goals, cash flow, and all that stuff, and the risk tolerance. And if they're still undecided, um, I just break it down and say, let's just do 50-50. You get half of your portfolio. It's kind of like investing. You're diversifying your options. You're diversifying your interest rate risk by doing this. So half of your $500,000 mortgage is fixed. Half of it's variable. So you get the benefit of having a locked-in interest rate. So you don't have to worry about fluctuations. Yep. And then you get the uh, benefit of having a variable rate that you know historically has shown that has been a better option. And you can get out of it at a much cheaper cost. So I think it's a good way to do it. If you're not sure, get best of both worlds. So... Let's go back to to the basics. Is variable really that much? Is it that much risk as the banks or as lenders say it is? 